Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> Cheers, Froth Man. Just listened to your response to my question about guitarists. Loved every moment of it. Uh, you've got me checking out a few guitarists now, some of the names you dropped in there. But, ah, oh, and, and Dave Gilmore. I love Dave, Dave Gilmore. I don't listen to enough Floyd. Andy Summers, a big police fan myself. Brian May, love Brian May. I don't listen to enough of Angus or um, Johnny Marr. Definitely going to have to check them guys out, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back through that episode. I'm going to note down what you said, and yeah. So thanks for that, mate, and I hope you will. Later. You just heard from the legendary Colin Green, uh, world-renowned OSR Anchorite podcasting here on Anchor on the Spike Pit podcast and um colin was referring to last week's top three with a a top three suggestion he had made about top three guitarists which was a lot of fun to talk about and um i'm finding that the osr anchorites don't just have good taste in games they've got good taste in music so anyway froth here thought eater podcast thought eater blog Hope you're doing well. Happy Tuesday. It's especially happy for me because I'm going to be off until next Tuesday. So I'm going to be spending some time with my daughter. We're going to be going to see the in-laws. And uh, I think they're opening up their pool. And we're going to have a good time. So I've got a lot of stuff planned. Also going to be doing some gaming. Um, one of the cool things about, uh, well, I guess a kind of a side benefit of being one of the legendary anchorites here on anchor is, uh, participating in the audio dungeon discord. And, uh, there's lots of games that people are, are running. So I'm going to get to participate in this West marches style game, the forlorn shores Thursday night. And so I rolled up a character and it was poor rolls, quite poor, could have been worse, but quite poor, uh, poor strength, poor decks, poor wisdom. So, but fairly intelligent, so um, I'm taking this opportunity to bring Willie, Willie the Wizard, into the Forlorn Shore. So can't wait to see how that goes. I think uh, Cody M from No Save for You is uh, Cody seems like kind of like the ringleader of the Forlorn Shores or hyping it up. So get to play with Cody. I'm looking forward to it. So also be running my game again on Saturday. I just put up a a um, a recent night below session recap. If you haven't checked that out from last week's game, got back into that. So things are going pretty well. I might even jump into a Pathfinder society game on Friday. I mean, I don't know, you know, all bets are off when I'm, when I don't have to work. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. It's the top three Tuesday show. So I'm going to be talking about my top three picks and for under various topics and I have a couple that were suggested by listeners. And then I have one that I, uh, Tim Shorts did a top three the other day on a topic that really intrigued me and was a really great thing to talk about. So I'm going to do that as well. But I'll talk to you guys about uh, what we're going to talk about as we get to it. So um, the first one I've got is from um, Ray Otis from Plundergrounds. Now, Ray is off the grid right now. I know Ray's having a good time, but Ray gave me a call in with a suggestion. We'll get to it and see what it is. 
Listening to you talk about the intellect devourer reminded me of that awesome illustration from the 77 Monster Manual. I think it's by Dave Trampier. What a great drawing. So I wanted to hear about your top three black and white illustrations from the original uh, first edition three books. So it has to come from the Monster Manual, the DMG, or the Player's Handbook from the uh, 1970s first edition. So many great drawings in there. What are your top three images that you recall from those? So that's Ray Otis there from Plundergrounds. If y'all aren't listening to the Plundergrounds podcast, it's excellent. Um, <clears throat> and what a great question. Oh, so so hard, though. You know, I, I love the classic art. Like, a lot of people make fun of it or whatever, you know, but I prefer it a, a thousand times older you know, over to modern fantasy art and modern game art. It's not that I dislike modern stuff, but give me the stuff that looks like, you know, a fan of the game, teenager, you know, or, um, it's just, I don't know. It's etched in my brain from when I'm, when I was younger. And so even that you can't find a picture in the original books that I don't like, even, even the drawings that aren't, you know, wouldn't make a top three, but like in the DMG, there's just like this random drawing. I guess it's Sutherland of, uh, just a guy holding a gym and looking at it. Even that, I love it. It's just all memories and nostalgia and just the look and feel that I love about the the game. And, um, I think that's part of why I think that the whole DCC, all those Goodman guys are just the masters, you know? Cause it's, you know, it's incredible art, but it's, it's, it's got a nod or, um, an homage in there, uh, to, to the classic stuff. You know, that to me is, that's the best gaming art to me. So this is really difficult. I mean, when you think about the monster manual alone, uh, now I will say that I tend towards the weird. I like, so like, I thought about putting the brain mole in, or I love like the um, the gray ooze coming down the stairs like a slinky. It's so hard. There's so many good ones, but for my number three, I'm going to the PHB for the image of the Umber Hulk clicking his heels and a couple people in puzzlement. I think this is another Sutherland drawing. And it's meant to illustrate the spell Otto's Irresistible Dance. And there's just something so silly about it and ridiculous. And, you know, no, ma no matter how serious you play your D&D &D or how hard you try, there's stuff in the game that's inherently silly and you, you just can't avoid it. So you have to just kind of embrace it a little bit. And I've used that picture um, online as like a backdrop for my avatar and stuff before and I just love it, just the image of the Umberholt kicking its heels, you know, being made to dance, looking as surprised and confused as anyone else. So that's my number three. My number two is another one from the PHB. They're on the title page of the, uh, the gentleman puffing that sweet leaf, you know, surveying the scene. 
And uh, for some reason, that one, that's one that I'd love to have on a t-shirt, that, uh, that image. Um, let me actually see if I can tell who, who drew that one. I'm guessing it's Trampier, but because um, it's a little nicer than some of Sutherland's stuff. Although I love Sutherland's drawings with the kind of panoramic wide view action scenes. No one did those uh, really like Sutherland. There's so many awesome stretched out, um, you know, kind of long action scenes. But um, there's something about that pipe smoking picture with the smoke rings coming up. Uh, it, uh, it maybe would be more fitting in the DMG, make you feel like you're kind of the the DM sitting there overseeing everything, but I love that. I love that image. So that's, that's my number two. The, uh, the person sitting there smoking that sweet leaf on the front of the, uh, like the title page of the player's handbook. And so my number one, I mean, was there ever any doubt y'all? I mean, the thought eater, I mean, that's just one that just is emblazoned in my brain. It's every, It's just weird, the sickly platypus, and it's giving you the, hey, how you doing? I'm here in the ethereal plane. Um, I just, it's, I struggle to find the words for the joy that the Thought Eater brings to me. Um, it's just my favorite. And um, so my number one had to go to the Thought Eater. Um, so, but this is really tough because there's so many other ones I like. And like I say, I prefer the ridiculous, the ridiculous ones. Like, uh, um, I think I've talked before about the Nixie, you know, like waving at you like, hi mom, you know, but there's so many good ones. And, you know, for me with a lot of things, I kind of mentioned this with talking about guitarists and everything. Sometimes it's not the technical skill that I like. It's the style or, um, the feel of it or whatever. So I think there are, you know, better drawings on a technical level than, than some of these, but these are the ones that uh, bring me the most joy. And like I say, I'd love to have a t-shirt with that, uh, that person smoking there sitting there and I'm not a smoker or anything, but I, I just, uh, I like that, that image. So thanks for the call in Ray. I appreciate it. That's a good one. Uh, and, and if any of the other anchorites listen to this, I'd love to hear what y'all's top three out of the um, the first edition books would be, uh, including you, Ray. I, I know that you'd probably pick something different than me, but I'd love to hear what you'd pick and your reasoning behind it. But anyway, thanks for the call in. Hey, Froth. I really enjoyed this week's blogorama. I'm completely with you on the balance issue. I feel like as long as you're not bamboozling them with something that they could have never predicted... Fair's fair. On your top threes, I was thinking maybe genre or subgenres, which are your favorite to play. What do you think? So that's Logan Howard there from Swordbreaker, um, another awesome podcast here on Anchor. And listeners, y'all might be hearing all these call-ins and stuff, and I'm going to get to that, um, the Anchor voice message system, in just a little bit. But it's one of the things that makes Anchor so special. I mean, it's how we can build uh, and have such an awesome community of podcasters on here, being able to talk to each other and call in. It, I want to say it almost gives it a little bit of a talk radio feel, but 
No, talk radio can't tolerate it. Um, I don't know what I would compare it to, but it's almost like blogging and and being able to comment on blogs, but in an audio form, whatever you want to call it, it's what makes Anchor so special. But anyway, be sure and check out Logan Swordbreaker podcast if you haven't. But what an excellent question! Oh man, another tough one too. What genre of games? is my favorite. I can tell you that despite D&D being my all-time favorite game, uh, fantasy does not make the top three. I've never been, I was listening to like uh, Ray Otis from Plundergrounds that did a podcast about fantasy books, you know, to to check out and stuff. And I've never been a big reader of fantasy. Um, I almost like reading about the authors more than... (laughs) than I do like like reading their books. Um, I'm weird, a little weird that way, I guess. But I love D&D, but a lot of the other kind of fantasy games don't intrigue me, or I feel like D&D covers it for me, you know? I don't know. Um, and, then of, course, of course, you'd be hard-pressed to find a game I wouldn't join or, or try. Um, but um, I didn't put sci-fi in there either. Um, as much as I, I have uh, a bunch of sci-fi games, but it... it I don't know. I mean, I love Star Wars. I've, I've had fun playing Traveler. There's um, lots of games I like, but it didn't break in the top three for me um, either with the sci-fi. So my number three, I'm going with superheroes, superhero games. Um, you know, some games people complain about the power level of the PCs or whatever. You don't get that with superheroes. And uh, now I, I read... A fair bit of comics growing up. My favorite was always the Punisher. I always kind of liked the, uh, I don't know how you would describe it. I was into the less fantastic superheroes, you know, ones that were not, uh, you know, Superman or, you know, omnipotent or uh, that kind of thing. Like I liked, you know, I, I did like Batman, um, Dark Knight Returns. That's, that's good, good stuff. Um, Watchmen, uh, you know, I guess you say street level, whatever. But that's not necessarily how I like to play with with, with superhero games, but I, I just like um, all the tropes of it, you know, the secret identity, the um, just kind of being able to, whatever, use your own imagination because you're kind of unlimited. You're not limited to what, you know, this sword or whatever this can do you know you're making up literal superpowers and 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 um so uh maybe i'm influenced a little bit too but by my love for um tsr's marvel superheroes there but that's a um game that had a big influence on me when i was little and a game i've returned to with the family now so i think uh really any superheroes game i i'd love to Play. Now there are several that I own that I've I've never actually gotten to play, like uh, Champions and uh, Villains and Vigilantes, that uh, I enjoy reading and learning the rules, but I haven't gotten to play them. But any of those kind of games, I would jump on in a second. So even more so than fantasy and, and sci-fi, I think uh, the superhero genre is something that I really uh, just think is fun. Number two, I'm going with horror. Oh yeah. 
This was almost number one, and some of these overlap into my number one, but horror games. Uh, Call of Cthulhu in particular, it's a masterpiece. But I've got a lot of horror games. Um, Chill and Crypt World, it's clone. Um, Cult. Um, what are some other ones that I've got? Trail of Cthulhu. Um, hmm. Oh, World of Darkness. Um, so, I'm a big horror movie fan. Huge horror movie fan, actually. I like good horror. I like I like slashers. I like supernatural horror. I like good old-fashioned ghost stories. I grew up loving Universal Monsters. I had action figures of Dracula, the Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Invisible Man. Um, I've always loved horror um, whether it's, you know, tame, like, you know, universal old black and white horror, whatever, or even more <laughs> extreme stuff that I'd be ashamed to even talk about almost, but honestly, uh, whether it's exploitation, whether it's really crappy horror movies that you're just watching to laugh at them, I've always loved horror, and, uh, so, those aren't the easiest games to run. It really kind of comes down to a system. You know, some of them, uh, I like the setting and ideas maybe a little bit more than than I like the games. And you, you still want it to be fun. I don't want to play anything with too dark a tone, you know. I, I like to have a little comedy and whatever whatever I'm playing. <laughs> and even if I didn't, it would end up that way with the people I usually play with. But um, i got to go with horror as my number two. Uh, genre and uh, it's just one of my loves so and number one this one's a little hard to describe I guess you could describe it as a historical game or alt history or but something grounded in the real world um, and from a different time period than my own so I would include stuff like even looking back just a little ways like the 80s like uh, when I run East Texas University for Savage Worlds eventually. I'm going to set that in college in the 80s. Uh, total uh, Revenge of the Nerds style deal. Uh, but uh, I've been watching this great streaming game, Kolok, K-O-L-L-O-K, 1991. Uh, that's for ki the Kids on Bikes game. And Kids on Bikes, I, I like the mechanics. I wasn't totally impressed with the setting material in that, those books, but the system in someone with skills hands is really great. And if y'all haven't checked that out, it's kind of like a twin peaks meets, um, what would you call it? Maybe not Goonies, but twin peaks meets, I don't know, 90210. They're not rich kids, but it's got the, uh, it's like, it's like a Spielberg meets twin peaks type deal. That's probably the best way to, to describe it and it's really good the the gm is really inventive and the cast is good and it's even got ray wise from twin peaks you know laura palmer's dad doing the intro and that's uh, one of the best streaming shows i've ever seen so but i'm i'm getting off the topic here but i love you know obviously i've mentioned call of cthulhu i love stuff set in different time periods like the 1920s i like pulp games i almost put pulp in my top three but superheroes edged it out but this allows me to see Colin Green from Spike Pit mentioned this is like 
he'll do a top three, but he'll mention 50 things, and that's, hey, but that makes it listenable, right? But at the same time, being able to say historical games allows me to throw pulp in there, allows me to throw a little horror in there, allows me to cheat, you know? So, uh, but anyway, so anything from the 30s, 1920s, I love late 1800s. Um, it's a great game, alt history game, 1879, that uh, kind of the, I guess, the regrouped FASA games put out. Um, and uh, I, I even love, uh, you know, the system never worked out, but Colonial Gothic is such a great idea for a game to have this dark colonial horror. That is just, I bought, even not really liking the system, I bought a ton of that just based on the, the promise of the uh, the premise, you know. And actually, uh, I think the um, the person, Daniel Fox, that did uh, Zweihander, uh, bought the rights, or it's going to be doing a Colonial Gothic with a, a Warhammer-style mechanic and i'm sure that's gonna be great i'll back that kickstarter in a second so um even like cthulhu dark ages or um, anything in the roman empire i mean you could not come up with a uh, historical time period that i wouldn't be fascinated uh with to play uh and you know um I, I love history and anthropology and um um so uh, oh and uh, almost forgot to mention anything Sherlock Holmes related like uh, there's that Baker Street game I'd love to get in that anything with investigation anything where you're kind of limited by the technology of the day anything to do with historical events uh, anything from a time period other than my own even one that I grew up in is something I enjoy oh uh, any kind of 60s spy game you know anything uh, you know 60s or 70s kind of spy game or anything disco era anything like that um so that's that's my number one anything with a historical you know a strong historical setting or um even alt history bent anything that's really about embracing a, a different time but it's still being real world uh that's going to be my number one so thank you logan for the question that was a great so uh, i had mentioned before about the um, anchor voice message system and so i've got uh, i'm going to plug it here for about you know 40 seconds or something i'll be right back with the the final top three of the day and now a word from our sponsors all right so we're back and i'll tell you i have no problem plugging anchor whatsoever i'm happy to advertise anchor because every time i do one of those it's what i would honestly tell a friend like there's total truth in the advertising. Um, if you're listening to this and you have the urge to podcast, you go to anchor.fm forward slash start, and it's so easy to do. And you, if you don't know how to get on the um, Audio Dungeon Discord or hook up with the Anchorites, you just send me a message, you know, and I'll help you get hooked up. And uh, it's a great community. People are very supportive of each other being able to call in on each other's shows, you know, everything I said is, is, it's just the truth. So I'm so glad I started podcasting. I've gotten to meet and, uh, interact with a lot of people. I, I, I may not have otherwise. And it's just, uh, it brings me a lot of joy to, to podcast. I really enjoy doing it. Um, interacting with people, just put my thoughts out there and I, I love, um, 
you know, that some people are enjoying it. And uh, so I'm very thankful for listeners, but I'm, I'm really thankful for Anchor too. Because if it wasn't so easy, if it wasn't as cool as this, I may never have uh, done it or stuck with it. So anyway, on my, for my third one today, Tim Schwartz from the Gothridge Manor podcast, another legendary anchorite, um, did a top three the other day talking about games Tim wants to play that he owns, right, but has never gotten to play. And that really, uh, I thought that was a great topic and... So I wanted to steal it from Tim, uh, but because uh, I have so many games that I've never gotten to play, you know, I'm like the permanent GM. Like if I don't run it, it's like I don't get to play it. And then when I look for something online or whatever, it's always it's 99% D and D. You know what I mean? So it's it's almost always something I've, I've played before. You know, I would love for someone to be running, you know, like Twilight 2000 or a Moro project or any of these old weird games that I'll probably never get to play. You know, I'd love so much to play in some, some of that. I'd even play, you know, something that, you know, would give me a nosebleed with the math, like aftermath or anything. Um, but anyway, so these are games that I actually own that I want to play. And now some of these I will eventually run myself, but uh, so anyway, number three, Numenera. I've I've read I've got a couple of the uh, free RPG day things for it. I bought the first edition core book used, and the core mechanic is pretty simple. It's all like the player does all the roles, and it, but it's when you look at that core book, it's huge. It's like one of these Bible type deals, and. Um, it's a little complex to want to jump in. So I just literally a couple days ago went to uh, Tyke's Games here in Athens, Georgia. Sean Holland, best dang. I mean, I've been to game shops all over the country, and we have got a jewel here in Athens, Georgia. Um, OSR, whole used section with all kinds of old used games, you know, that you can get at a discount. Everything new you can imagine board games, card games, it's got indie games, got everything, um, really knowledgeable too. And, um, anyway, so I went in there and got the, uh, Numenera starter set, which is like 25 bucks, you know, and, uh, I, I like starter sets. They're easy on ramps and you can get some gaming out of it. And so I think, um, the subject matter is a little weird. I don't know, Violet, my daughter, um, a.k.a. Elizabeth the Fighter, she doesn't necessarily have all the kind of movie or fiction touchstones to to necessarily get it, but it's weird enough to where it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just like a weird future dream in a lot of ways. But I was listening to another podcast here on Anchor. I want to say it was Dungeon Musings, uh, where the the... I'm blanking on the person's name that does that podcast. I think that's where I heard it, but they they play a ton of games. They've got uh, everything. Uh, I think uh, you know they 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 played just about everything. And they were talking about how they really liked reading about Numenera. Were excited to run it, and it didn't play as well as they thought it would. But I'd like to you know see for myself. But um, and I think it'd be fun to experiment with a game where I didn't have to run and where uh, the players are running for you know, rolling for their attacks and then their defenses. And, um, it also has that kind of just weird, weird, um, 
fantasy meets sci-fi thing, and it's just one that I really want to run that's just been sitting there staring at me saying, Froth, when are you going to run me? So I'm putting, I'm putting Numenera at number three. Number two, another sci-fi game, but this one much more like a hard sci-fi, Eclipse Phase. Have you all heard of Eclipse Phase? It's this really cool... Now, this is one that I... I I'm going to have to have someone run it for me because it, it, it's a D100 mechanic, you know, percentage mechanic, but it's really complex. Um, and now someone might argue to me that it's not, that knows it better than me, but reading it, it's very complex. There's lots of, lots and lots of skills, lots of exceptions, lots of this and that, but the setting is so cool where basically the, the main gimmick is you can, upload your consciousness and download it into different morphs and different, you know, bodies and different whatever. Uh, so you never really die. You know, you back yourself up, you know, your body might die or whatever. And it's um, just really creative. And um, that's one that if I had, if there was a really skilled GM out there that really knew Eclipse Phase back and forth, I'd love to get into that and play that for a while and uh, come up with some some weird character and um, you know some you know switch my body and you know my consciousness around into different um, whatever robots morphs it's got you know weird nanite technology and all kinds of weird stuff and so that's one that i there's a second edition coming out soon but i i found uh somebody back in the g plus days uh that awesome uh goblin emporium on there someone was selling the core book for like 20 bucks or something and it's a really nice hardback too really really nice book um and so I bought into that, and that's one that I always think about, like, ah, oh, man. But see, that's one that I, I just don't, I don't know if I'll ever get to play it unless someone else is running it, because that's, that's one where it's, it'd be like taking a college course just to get ready to, to run it, and then, I, I don't know. So maybe that one will never happen, but my number two, Eclipse Phase. My number one, William McCausland's Mutant Epoch. Have y'all ever seen this one? Oh my god, this game is killer. It's another D100 game. It's mutants, you know, post-apocalyptic deal. The artwork's incredible. The flavor is ungodly awesome. I mean, you want to talk imagination. This is the post-apocalyptic game to end all post-apocalyptic games. And the adventures look awesome. You know, you're adventuring in some old mall, or, you know, irradiated mall, and there's you know, barter town type Mad Max deals, and I mean the flavor just keeps going and going. It's got all sorts of random tables and random elements, mutations. Uh, it's just unbelievably cool. And I think I saw William McCausland on MeWe talking about a new source book coming out for it. It's one that I need to broaden my collection of, but. It's one I can definitely see myself doing at some point. Um, it's The core mechanic is, is pretty simple, but there's just tons and tons of add-ons and stuff, so you, the character options are basically endless. But the, the base mechanic is fairly simple. But if you've never looked at that mutant epoch, oh my gosh, y'all. And you're into post-apocalyptic or mutant games and stuff like that, near-future, you know... Uh, 
post-disaster type deals. <laughs> uh, that one. So that one's calling to me. So that's that's my number one game that I own that I've never played. Mutant Epoch by William McCausland. So yeah, thanks for letting me steal that from you, Tim. <laughs> all right, so that's what I've got for you all today. Um, now I have gotten some other calls that I just haven't gotten to yet. I'm trying to go to these, go through these in the order I get them. So um, I have a couple more. Um, y'all know who you are if you called in, and uh, I'm going to get to something on on what y'all sent me um, soon. But uh, like I say, I'm trying to get them in the order that I got sent to uh, sent the suggestions. But I want to thank um, all the folks that called in. Uh, Colin Green from Spike Pit, Ray Otis from Plundergrounds, Logan Howard um, from Swordbreaker. I want to thank uh, Tim Schwartz for, from Gothridge Manor from from Manor for letting me steal his uh, his idea. Thank you, Tim. Um, anyway, I'm really enjoying doing these. I hope you're enjoying listening. Uh, next you'll hear from me is uh, Hump Day Bloggerama, and oh my gosh, y'all, I can tell you already, it's going to be a special one. There's some awesome stuff this week. I was trying to whittle stuff down already, and uh, I'm still following you, so uh, I'm gearing up for that, but it's going to be great. Um, at least the material's great. Anyway, um, you know, you can, as I mentioned before, you can message me on the Anchor app uh, and be part of the show. I'll put you on the show. Or if you um, want to just contact me via email, it's frothsoft, frothsof at gmail.com. Check out uh, the Thought Eater blog at frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. I want to give a huge thank you to the folks backing me on Patreon. Uh, Y'all rock. Um, It feels good having people back you up. And um, that's patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's only a dollar a month. If you want to support what I'm doing, you can check that out. And Logan, take us away. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,